Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. My name is Matt Labby, and joining me today is my wife and co-lead pastor here at Movement Church, Holly Labby. Hello. And we are talking to you from the studio, um, also known as our kitchen table. So Movement we are here. headquarters. <laughs> the HQ. <laughs> and uh, we're here, honestly, we just want to stay connected. We know that there's so much going on in the world around us today. And we wanted to be able to talk um, with you. We wanted to have a conversation with you and honestly with each other to hear a little bit more about some of the thoughts that we have about life and faith as we are all on this journey together. And kind of what this will look like is we we are going to come with some questions for each other and really honestly just have a conversation about life today. This is a new season that all of us are in having to process through how do we stay connected while being apart. Uh, Wisconsin Today just kind of announced that we're going to be going into a self-quarantine, shelter-in-place season. So we are, uh, we know that things are rapidly changing and we're trying to figure out best how to stay connected with the people we love. So the strategy behind this today was really that we kind of took a, a few minutes to gather our thoughts and we thought we would come together and interview each other about some of our thoughts of what's happening in the world and even what we're processing internally, individually. And so, Holly, I would love to hear a little bit about uh, what do you feel like God is speaking to you and that you're learning about throughout this season? Yeah, something that comes to mind is we've been talking about and seeing on social media just a lot of fear. And there is my own fear that I've been processing in this season. And something that comes to mind, kind of a word, is uh, present. And I think so often we live in the future. I know myself, I live a lot of my life thinking and hoping about the future, whether it's trips coming up or even next week's plans. I'm always thinking, okay, got to go to the grocery store at this time. And it seems in this season that it's almost like we're living day to day. And so that's been a real big challenge for me as I've been kind of processing, how do I live in the moment that I'm in right now? Because we don't know what uh, we've seen over the last few weeks. Things can change hour by hour. So planning, we were going to have some family come in town this next week, and that's having to be rearranged. There's just a lot up in the air. So the word present really comes to mind as I've been processing, man, what does this mean and look like for me emotionally, spiritually right now? Yeah, that's a great word. So as you think about the idea of being present, um, what does it look like to practice present in a season where it would be really easy to think about, well, once we're out of shelter in place or once life gets back to normal, uh, what does it look like to be present in the moment? Yeah, uh, I, I was out at the post office today and I was trying to finish up some last minute errands and get, getting stuff from our P.O. box and everything. And um, I was just thinking, man, it's almost like we are in a forced season of being present that we physically cannot plan for what this, how this is going to unfold. We, I saw a news article that said we may potentially be in this state of quarantine and isolation until August. And I'm not going to speculate on whether, you know, how true that is, but it's just crazy to even think that we are all going to have to learn what it means to live and create a new normal. You know, as I process through what being present looks like practically, another word comes to mind, and that's the word savor. And it's been kind of a thought that I've been chewing on for the past few years about how to be content in a season of unknown. And practically, I think that could look as simple as even writing down in the morning when you wake up one thing you're grateful for, that I almost feel like it takes more work to be thankful for something now than it does to worry about the future. 
And I am a close friend to worrying and thinking about the future oftentimes that it takes, uh, it takes me really stopping, getting out my notebook and writing down something that I'm grateful for today, right in this moment. That when we live in the future, we are missing out on gold in the season that you're in right now. That when we are continually thinking about the future or living in the past, that we are missing out on the present. Yeah, I think that's so interesting that you even use the words uh, living in the past. Because the truth is, I think many times what we try to do is live in the past or live in the future. Mm-hmm. When the, the truth is that we are embodied people. And to be embodied means that we can only live in one place, and that's the present. Mm -hmm. That there is no such thing as living in a different moment, and that God is in this moment with us. So for me, as you're talking about living in the present, um, that really resonates with me. So as we talk about living in the present, I think something that many of us experience is having a sense of anxiety or maybe even worry or fear um, in this moment. And so as you look at living in the present, how do you deal with things like anxiety or worry or fear as they come? Yeah, I almost wonder if we could use it to our advantage and say, when these feelings or thoughts of anxiety about the future come up, that what if we could use that as a reminder to be present? That we are living in a time in history where we are forced to slow down and stop. Um, as funny as it is, I was sitting at a, at a, there was an opportunity for me to go through a yellow light or I could have stopped at a red light. So it was kind of in that weird where you're like, oh, I don't know if I should speed up or slow down. Um, and kind of jarred me in that moment of like, I don't need to rush places. (laughs) I'm always on the move. I'm always moving fast, getting to the next thing. And it's almost like this season of the world that we're living in is saying, slow down. Mm -hmm. So using these things as a reminder that we are living in a time where we can practice presence and being present with the people that we love. Yeah, I think that's so good. I think so much of what Jesus does is he comes in and he shapes the way that we view the world. And uh, I've done some research into cognitive behavioral therapy, and I think it's really interesting that it supports something that scripture talked about 2,000 years ago. And as I think about a new season that we're in and being present in a moment and dealing with anxiety and worry and fear, um, I think really it comes down to the idea of how do we think about the things that we're thinking about. Uh, in so many ways, I think what we like to do is insulate ourselves from the world. We want to insulate ourselves from something that could go bad. We want to insulate ourselves from something that could go wrong. And because of that, when something does happen beyond our control, like a virus, it forces us to come back and renegotiate the way that we see the world. When it comes to processing that I have a question for you about how do you process the unknown of the future in this season? I think when it comes to processing, it it really takes me back to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where we're called to renew our mind. And what I notice is in my own thought process, many times um, I, I notice an inner battle. There is my natural proclivity to what I want to think about and the things that I know I'm called to think about. And I think I I see almost in my mind two different paths that I could take in those moments. The path of worry, the path of fear, the path of anxiety, where I kind of look at my preparation and I wonder, am I prepared enough? Or there's a path of looking to God and knowing that throughout scripture, uh, he is called our father. 
and looking instead of at preparation, looking at his providence and trusting that he's got me no matter what. And I think it's in those moments that those are the moments that uh, really begin to shape the way that we view the world so that eventually those thoughts about how God is good, about how he cares about us actually become the predominant thought. Not to say that I've, I've gotten there, but to say that it is a continual, yeah, it's something that's continually on my mind that it is in process. You're, you're hundred percent right. So, and even further in that, what are some of those grounding thoughts that as we look at a very a seemingly unstable or instable season of world history. And as we're stepping into some more intense uh, procedures from our government, you know, instructions on staying inside, what are some of the grounding thoughts that have helped you kind of um, rethink the things that are happening in the world? So one of my grounding thoughts is going to be something that helps me process through the way that I see the world personally. And then the other one's going to be something that maybe be a, a little bit more prescriptive. So the first one is this, that recently I feel like I came to this new understanding that experiences are vessels that we fill with meaning. I think that's so important to the way that we view the world, that experiences are vessels that we fill with meaning, that in and of themselves, experiences do not necessarily have meaning. They only have meaning when we give them meaning. So that's why I think two people can go through the same thing and uh, come out the other side and have two very different perspectives on the same thing that happened to both of them. And that's, I mean, you kind of see that even now on social media, you see um, certain people processing things by, you know, staying inside and throwing nightly parties with their kids and they're having fun. And then you see other people on social media that are, you know, posting memes that that are trying to lighten the situation or people that are posting all their fears on social media. You definitely see this play out. I see what you're saying. Definitely. So my question most of the time is how can I look at this differently? How can I look at this? If I were going to look through faith filled lenses, if I were to look through the lens of faith, how would I view this situation? And so for me, I think a lot of it comes to reframing and saying, how can I be present in this moment full of faith, believing that God has me, that he has the situation, and that I can walk in faith knowing that he's got it. So that's kind of the first thing is starting to reframe the way that I think to be able to allow it to be a more of an opportunity mindset, more of a gratitude mindset, more of a trust and faith-filled mindset, and to be able to fill this experience with meaning. Like imagine if instead of us looking and being afraid during maybe a time of quarantine, we can look at that same time and say, listen, I've wanted to spend more time with my family. I've wanted to be able to get away from the hustle and bustle of work and evaluate uh, my life. And is this really the person I want to be? Am I going the direction I want to go? And now instead of looking back maybe two years from now or 10 years from now on this season and saying, man, that was one of the worst seasons, you can look back on it and say, I can't believe how God really came through and began to shape me during that season. So so the first one is really just kind of personally thinking through and reframing what's happening in my life. The second one, I think, is really the more stable one, because I want to come and say, what is a different thought about what I'm experiencing, which for me comes back to scripture. And so one of the things that I was thinking about as um, I was thinking about this podcast and the opportunity to be able to talk to you about what God was processing um, in my life, I, w- I would thought through Psalm 27. So throughout this week, I'm going to continue to come back to Psalm 27 and just give a few verses if that's all right. Um, So the first verse starts out, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? 
And then it ends and it talks about how he's searching after God. In verse 13, it says this, I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. And I think it's when we meditate, when we pause, and to meditate is to really mull over. It's to allow it to permeate into your being. And when we pause and allow that to be a part of the way that we're viewing the world as a new way that we feel experience with meaning, that allows us to be able to have a more positive outlook in the moment, a more faith-filled, maybe more than positive, right? Because this isn't just positive thinking, but faith-filled thinking yeah, in the moment. That's good. Another question that I have that I'd love to ask you and get your thoughts on is how do you think this season of world history will shape the church, will shape America? How do you feel like it's going to shape you? And I'm just like super curious as to how you think this is all going to just like, you know, everything has an effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, You look back at like the butterfly effect and how, you know, certain things in history, if they weren't, if they didn't happen, the world would be super different. So I wonder how you think coming out of this season, the church will look different. Um, I think the church is refined by seasons of testing that so often what we see in scripture is actually there's this idea that when you smelt ore, uh, so when you think about metal ore, I know, right? (laughs) When When you think about metal ore, if you were to melt it down, so it's kind of in its liquid state so that you can purify it, what you would do is you would heat it up and then you would skim off that top layer of impurities and it's a, it's a way of purification. And I think so often what happens is what we see, not only in scripture, but also throughout church history, is that seasons of, of struggle are moments where God purifies the church. And it's almost like, I think, his way of heating up what's happening so that we really have this, this shift from self-reliance to spirit reliance. And I think that there's a huge opportunity for us as the church, because really, as we even go back to Adam and Eve, what was one of the very fundamental things that happened with Adam and Eve? They had the struggle of, am I going to rely on myself, take this fruit um, and eat it so that I can get what I want? Am I going to be self-reliant or am I going to be spirit-reliant? Am I going to rely on God and what he has said about me and on what he has said about my life? And I think every time that the church comes through a purifying season, they end up in a much more spirit-filled season. Mm -hmm. So my prayer and my hope is that the church in America and abroad is really going to be able to see um, the shift in their own heart and their own life from self-reliance to spirit-reliance. Yeah, and I think in a season like this, people are much more open to having a conversation about the world about uh, why God is doing, you know, some people say like, might say, why is God doing this? Or why is God allowing this to happen? So I think people in seasons of hardship and in seasons of crisis are much more open to having a conversation, which I'm super excited that we're able to step into our next collection of talks on hard questions about faith, because I think there almost isn't a better time to have a conversation about faith in a season where the world has a lot of questions. I think you bring up a really good point. And a really good question of, uh, where is God in all of this? Mm -hmm. So as you look at that question, if you were to answer that, uh, what would you say to somebody who's working through that question? Man, I would want to say like God is right there with you. Mm -hmm. That we see in scripture that Jesus faced a lot, and the church even in Jesus's day was facing a lot of trials. Uh, You look at people in the Bible and the apostles, the different disciples, and there was a lot of different trial 
and a lot of different trials that they encountered in their life here on earth. And so it's just such a good reminder that God is so present with us, that he's not a God that withdraws in seasons of crisis, that in scripture, we say that God is close to those who are hurting. And so I'm, I'm just confident and, and I know that without a shadow of a doubt that God is helping shape each person individually in this season, that in times of crisis, it almost does expose, I think, like you said earlier, exposes parts of us that are uh, nervous, that we didn't even know were underlying, that you know we worry about uh, catching a virus, that when we see how fast this thing has spread, and it's kind of crazy because it almost makes you think, man, how has this not happened before? And how is this not going to happen again in the future? And I know my mind goes there. And it's just a reminder that, man, God is present. I think that's such a good thought for us to wrap up on. And throughout this week, I encourage you to invite God into these moments. That as we talk about being present with the presence of God, that there's something in this season where we can pause, where we can begin to think about the things that we're thinking about and invite God into our processing. And I know that maybe we have some room in our schedules that we don't normally have throughout our week Um, during a normal work week, I would say allow God to step into this moment with you. Seek him in a greater way. Remember that life is more than going to work and having a normal routine, but life is about seeking the very God of the universe who so desperately loves you and wants relationship with you. So I would ask you to continue to read Psalm 27 throughout this week. And as we log off, I would love to just go ahead and read um, from Psalm 27, and uh, then we'll be done. So in Psalm 27, verse 7, it says this, Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and and answer me. My heart says this about you. Seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. I hope you know that the Lord cares for you. We were so grateful that you would join us today. And uh, we can't wait to see how God continues to work in your life and through your life. Thanks so much, Holly, for joining me. Thank you. We love you, movement. And we will see you soon. 